was fun. <laughs> Yikes. everybody uh welcome to episode two of the casual screen i am lady rome and this is shape we are here with our lovely special guest today chelsea fx um anyway sorry about the technical difficulties um figured out there was a pop-up blocker on my thing which kept me from being able to go live um full-blown panic didn't know how to fix it figured out how to fix it thank god Sorry about the delay, and thank you all for being here and waiting it out for us. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, hope everyone is having a good day. Um, we are going to dive into the 1976 film Carrie today, um, which is one of my personal favorites. This actually, this episode is a very personal favorite of mine. Um, so, Carrie... Excellent movie, one of my favorites, and then, of course, Eileen Warnos, which is extremely near and dear to me, one of my all-time personal favorites, so... It's really dear to her because I try to make all these impressions and make fun of her, she gets so mad at me, and then I had sex all week just He's always making fun of my Eileen Warnos. All that jazz. And I'm not going to lie out the gate, guys, just so you know, um, I am totally pro- team Eileen, so this is going to be very much um, yep. on her side. Anyways, how is everybody? Chelsea, how are you? I'm doing great. Doing good. great tonight. Good, good. How are you? How are you? I worked all day, so I didn't really get to see him much. You good? Yeah? How's everybody out there? How are you guys doing tonight? Again, thanks for um, waiting it out and, you know, through our bullshit technical difficulties. That was great. That was totally awesome and horrible. make you wait a full day like ICP, though. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, explanation <laughs> off the bat. Yeah. Make something up for us. We didn't give you guys the bone. So there's that. Anyways, um, so thank you guys. We want to start with saying thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you all for last week's episode. Um. Total did not expect any of what came from that episode. My mind is blown. Um, afterwards, after I ended it and seen that we had a thousand views, just live views, I literally cried. So thank you all for making me an emotional little bitch. But sponsors have been blowing us up. I've been contacted by Budweiser, Trojan, Frito. This is not true, and I'm not sure. All documented, I, all true. <laughs> Not true. Not true. None of that happened. And talks with a sneaker from Nike. <laughs> None of this happened. Anyways, um, so 
That said, though, last week's episode was a lengthy one, guys. Um, I've kind of made a couple posts about it this week, but those who haven't seen my post and those are just who are viewing, um, just so you know, I, the last episode was like two hours and 11 minutes long, which we're going to try to cut it shorter than that this week. Um, uh, so it might seem, got you by a half hour. You're welcome. <laughs> we it might see <laughs> it might seem a little rushed tonight, and if it does, I do apologize. That said, if it is rushed, I'm I'm obviously I'm gonna do um, probably another thing on Eileen Ornos a while from now, so that I can go into further detail. Because again, things are gonna be kind of rushed tonight. Um, but also that yes. said, going for, going for it forward, we're gonna uh, probably focus on like one topic per show versus two, like we are doing right now. Right now, we're kind of trying to focus on crime and movie reviews. But I think if we focus on one um, topic per show, that'll give us the ability to give you guys better content, give you guys more, you know, personal talk time, more, um, I guess, more details, just a better show. I feel we could do a better show with just focusing on one topic. Plus, it opens us up for other topics like, um, not not necessarily just serial killers, but like you know, true crime or unsolved mysteries or just like creepy stories, like weird shit, like um, 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 like the melon heads or something like that. Or we could talk um, paranormal stuff. So it, it really opens us up for all kinds of different avenues versus just two and and two being very rushed. So that said, um, again, we are gonna move forward. The, oh, so there are there is a post. I've got a post going right now for our next um, episode, which is gonna be a movie review. If you guys want to hit my Facebook page and comment on it, um, I've got five movies up right now. Um, you guys can all take a look and whatever you guys want me to want us to do, we're gonna pretty much count and figure up who's got the most votes and kind of go from there. So if you guys want to participate, Candyman. If you want to participate, there hasn't been very many votes for Candyman, and Candyman. and no Jaws. I guess we'll save that for like Shark Week. Maybe didn't think about that. Good idea. Speaking of Shark Week, let's dive right into the movie Carrie. <laughs> so yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, we recently watched it. I know Chelsea's also just recently watched. Well, we've all seen it before, but we recently rewatched it for this. Refreshing. Um. <laughs> Nineteen seventy-six Carrie film. Uh, it was directed by Brian De, pa uh, Brian De, De Palma. It was released on November 3rd, 1976. The running time was 98 minutes long. Uh, budget for this film was $1.8 million. Um, so, decent, decent little budget for the film. Uh, box office in return, um, and this is uh, U.S. and Canada combined, turned out $33.8 million. So, also a, a decent, pretty decent return. Um, not as good as our last review last week, which was Halloween, but this review still still pretty good. Still pretty good box office um, turnout, obviously. Um, the plot to this movie is um, the, the film is based on Stephen King's novel Carrie. Um, Carrie is a shy 16-year-old teenage girl who lives with her fanatically religious mother, Margaret. Uh, she is teased by classmates and controlled by her delusional mother. She's invited to prom and has the time of her life until a group of kids play or pull the ultimate prank to which results in the display of Carrie's full-blown rage. <clears throat> Cast, we've got Sissy Spacek for uh, Carrie White. Uh, Piper, Piper Laurie as Margaret White, the mother. Amy Irving as Sue Snell. William Cat as Tommy Ross. Betty Buckley as Miss Collins, the teacher, the gym teacher. 
Nancy Allen as Chris Harginson. PJ Souls as Norma Watson, which PJ Souls was also in Halloween. Halloween, which we talked about her on our last one. And then, of course, John Travolta as that Billy Nolan. <laughs> as Billy Nolan. Um, first little fun fact, we'll go ahead and get this out of the way, was this was John Travolta's uh, first movie. Very first movie. Um, on, on Great acting. Yeah, as far as movies go. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah this first one. At least that's what I found online. I, I, you know, you never know. Some of your knowledge could be off, I guess. Um, but I did find that online, so I did find that to be fairly interesting. Um, so yeah, let's kind of do the little rundown of the movie. So I'll give you a little rundown here. Um, you've got your opening scene, which is the shower scene where they're um, in the gym locker room. I do want to say that personally, I felt the shower scene was a little creepy. Um, considering this is a 16 year old girl and the way she was washing her body and just no, that was really intimate, a little like intimate for a 16 year old girl. Um, but you know, whatever it is, it's, you know, it's, it's the, um, the seventies. So, so you get your <laughs> 70 bush and all that fun stuff. Oh, Naked teenage girls on the 70s bush. 70s bush. So, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of 70s bush. It's like a bush that Michael Myers <laughs> could hide behind. Yeah, big enough for Michael Myers to hide behind. Um, so then you know, we go into the scene where she the, the um, you know, obviously one of the most iconic scenes where she has her period in the shower. Um, and know. and all of the kids, you know, they were horribly mean to her um teased her and and she didn't understand what was going on she she has her period and she her mother never told her that she was going to have her period so she has it and thinks she's dying essentially like she's just bleeding and, and full, goes into a full-blown panic and just wants somebody to kind of acknowledge her and say uh you're okay you're not gonna do you know and if somebody just would have said hey everything's okay um but that's of course not what happened um all the kids teased her and made fun of her um, and of course, mind you, she's also 16 getting her period, which, you know, as most women know, we, we tend to get our periods a lot sooner than 16. Some women, you know, yeah. when I was 12. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So they tease her, they throw tampons at her, they throw pads at her, they, they're screaming and taunting and laughing. And it's a pretty sad, sad scene, you know, especially like as older women now that we're not in high school and stuff, that's a pretty sad scene for any, any teenage girl to go through, especially one that the whole school knows is kind of a little weird too. So it's just, it was a sad scene for me, you know, now. <laughs> um, anyway, so then you you see where she goes into the the office with the with the principal and the in the um the the uh, gym oh. teacher Mrs. Col Miss Miss Collins and and he he, he you know proceeds to well, he calls her a different name calls her the wrong name like six different times like how rude could you possibly Cassie and yeah Cassie how rude could you possibly be um but so that in itself was extremely insulting but that's where you see the scene where she you know flips the ashtray and that's our first you know where we kind of get the 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 idea that she's got telekine telekinesis is what it you know turns out to be um she is then sent home from school um early from school so that she can go home and kind of recover and you know rest uh, and that's when she goes home to her insane mother. Um, <laughs> totally crazy. 
Um, Jesus moms, they always take shit to the extreme. Well, no, not all of them. I mean, and I don't knock religion. I don't knock anybody's religion. If you want to believe in whatever you want to each his own. But she is just, she's fanatically, um, just fanatically religious. She's, she's, she takes it to a, a completely I mean, different yeah, religion. wrong with being religious. She just takes it fucking overboard. Way overboard. I mean, so, yeah. to the point that she proceeds to tell Carrie that her period is the result of sinful sexual fantasies. Um, and, and she proceeds to literally punish her for having her period. Um, so that's pretty, that's pretty fucked, you know, like that's, um, first of all, we, Ian locks her in the, you have the prayer closet, which, yeah, exactly, the fucking creepy ass, creepy, with the, with the super creepy, yeah. not, not, you know, no, too, Jesus, I were fucked. Oh my god. See, I don't um, understand that, because I used to love playing in closets. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've got the, uh. I said she literally, she doesn't even tell her child about a period. Mountain Dew gives us every 50 bucks every time we drink <laughs> one of the delicious This is also, also totally not true. So just kind of ignore some of the things he we says. We have different agents. <laughs> um, anywho. So, yeah, she um, doesn't ever tell her daughter about periods, which is kind of crazy to think, you know, that you wouldn't tell your daughter about something that's naturally going to come. Every woman goes through it no matter what, um, whether you're sinful or not. Uh, and, Can you imagine that and no then, birds or bees talk? Don't know about nothing about nothing. Nothing. That she literally, this poor little baby, knew nothing about nothing. She was nothing. She was so innocent. It, it's wow. Um, yeah, in the prayer closet. So, anywho, we we go into the Miss Miss Collins. She's wanting to punish all the girls in the gym class. So she gives them two weeks worth of gym class detention, and that Kill me. looked rough. Kill me. I think we've all had detention a time or two. Um, at least a lot of us have. Maybe not all. I've never had gym class detention though. I have never had gym class detention. Seeing that gym class detention. I had detention, home economics detention. Seeing yeah, seeing that gym gym class detention. I'm not really sure if I wanted to ever have gym class detention. But anywho, she like I said, she uh, they they shows them all and and, and what's her face? Uh, Chris, Chris. Um, there was a fit. I think at the end of it, she gets she gets disqualified from prom, completely kicked out of prom. Um, but this is also when you see Sue uh, feel real bad for what had happened. So she asks her boyfriend Tommy to ask her, uh, uh, Carrie out to prom. Who uh, the actor is portrayed by one of the finest actors in the world, who was the greatest American hero on the early '80s hit TV show, The Greatest American Hero. <laughs> Anyways, so we uh, viewers. we uh, again asks her to prom, which she the first time she's just like you're a bullshit or like nah. She bails out of the the library. She's like nah, I'm good. Fuck you. Um, I don't trust you. And she she was you know kind kind of smart to trust her gut. Although he wasn't he wasn't in on anything, and and neither was Sue. You know, like they they were both very innocent in this. They genuinely. Yeah. He was genuinely doing it for his girlfriend. She was genuinely doing it because she felt bad. Um, so he asks her. She's like, nah. She pieces out. He asks her again. You know, he forces her to say yes. She says yes. And then word spreads around school. Of course, that's when the the group of mean girls, the, the 1976 mean girls, um, that's when they get together and they, well, and the boyfriends. To pull the pranks, the, the the prank, the ultimate prank, and you see them that the slaughterhouse scene, 
with uh, where John Travolta <laughs> goes in and he slaughters the pig um, for the pig's blood. So there's that. Uh, so we see that they're devising the the, the scheme for the the prank. Um, you see the scene where uh, she tells her mother about prom, and this is where you know her mom is very not wanting it to happen. She's like, "It's not happening. You're not going to prom. This, no." And she's like, she basically is like, "Well, I am, and you're gonna pretty much deal with it, yeah. whether you like it or not." Um, you know, and they kind of just gotten this little bit of tiff and and she basically laid the telekinesis telekinetic smackdown on her mom and you know <laughs> put her on her ass and you know she put her on her back and was like listen this is happening i'm going whether you like it or not and you're gonna shit's gonna change shit around here is gonna change she put her foot down and i was like you know like as a carry fan i'm like hell yeah you tell her girl you know so like Anyways, um, is it coincidence that she got mean and evil right when she started her first period? <laughs> Didn't think Just about saying. that. <laughs> Did not think about that. Uh, anywho, uh, so yeah, she um, tells her mom, "Oh yeah, the scene, the scene cracks me up too, where she's making her dress." You know, where you're like, she's sewing her dress and stuff. And her mom is there, like, literally praying. The whole yeah. time she's making this dress, like, praying for her to, please don't go, please don't, you know, please, please don't. Basically, like, trying to lay down the guilt trip on her, like, to go to prom. Like, something that hmm, all kids who are in school typically go, most kids, anyway, most yeah. kids go to prom. Even the weirdos, even the freaks, like. It's pro like people go to prom. That's my girl. problem, fucking weirdo. <laughs> the only reason I didn't go was because I I was not in school for senior prom. I did later go on to get my GED, so pat on the back for me. But I didn't. I wasn't there, for so I didn't make it to my. But I would have went had I been, you know, a senior. Yeah. <laughs> had I been there. So, anyways. Uh, she goes to prom, you know, he does, well, well, she's waiting, she's waiting for him, and the whole time her mom's like, he's not coming, he's not coming, he stood you up, uh, you know, it's like, why would you do that? Your mom? <laughs> right, like, why would you do that to your kid, like, you're a fucking parent, um, yeah. but, so, she's waiting, she's, you know, calm, she, he is coming, he's coming, she didn't let her get her down, and sure enough, he came, um, you know, and, swept her off away to prom they had a great time she had a blast um and i thought that was really sweet i thought the prom switch scene was really truly genuine and i thought it was really kind that was a little weird that he kissed her considering he has a girlfriend that's what i was yeah i was like she was there watching well she no she wasn't there okay. at that point she didn't show up until right before we see the right right before they go on stage you know but so she didn't see the actual kiss She's seen him on stage, and I think he might have kissed her again on stage. So yeah, I guess technically on stage when she like got that's the fucking weird though. Yeah. Either way, like we're both in relationships, and I'll be fucking like I I could be like okay, who is he? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> maybe maybe you could, maybe you should take her out. All time sure, but don't show her too good of a fucking time. What like you would totally get beat the fuck up. Beat mm -hmm. teeth. <laughs> She's beat gonna wave down on you <laughs> i will fuck you up telekinetically fuck a pull up. I mean, he was like 
the telekinesis like too much. Like they didn't overdo it. They used it like where they needed it. Which oh I hell yeah, yeah, it was great. Like it was just a little. It was like a splash there and splash there. So yeah. kind of knew what was going on until shit really fucking hit the fan. Like so, like yeah. Moving forward, like so, she has this great time at prom. She's the dance. She finally, you know, she doesn't even know how to dance, so she dances and she has the kiss, which is probably her first. Well, obviously, her first and only kiss ever. Um, she she has a great time. She's even named prom king and queen, which obviously it was rigged. It was, rigged. Like it was definitely now absolutely we ended up rigged. With fucking Trump, but still, fucking no less, it was a beautiful moment for her in her lifetime. So that was wonderful. They give her, you know, the, the the flowers, that iconic photo of her with the flowers. Um, beautiful, you know, seeing everybody's cheering, everybody's happy, and the teacher's happy, and so on and so forth. Um, and then you see the girlfriend, and she's watching, and she's happy. She's even happy about it. But then the girlfriend starts paying attention and starts seeing the rope and starts seeing the little bastards down there underneath the, the stairway with the rope, and she sees the bucket. She starts to try to intervene, starts to try to stop it. And, and then, of course, the teacher starts paying attention to her, and then the teacher stops her from intervening and stopping. So had the teacher just, you know, like, been like, what are you doing here? Rather than like, get the fuck out, maybe none of this would have actually happened. <laughs> But since she didn't, she's seen her. She tried to stop her and get her away and ended up taking her off, hauling her out, locking the door, whatever, you know, just getting her out, um, which for her saved her life, but um, did not stop the situation from happening. So then we go forward to the very, very iconic pig blood scene, which is where, like I said, the kids underneath it, you've got Chris and uh, Chris and Billy. Chris and Billy are underneath the um, steps with the rope and they pull the rope down goes the blood blood covers Carrie. Uh, uh, sorry. I hope you guys have your bottle of rum with you, by the way, I, I mentioned this on a status after my last show that I was going to start a drinking game. Every time I say, um, on the show, make sure you have a bottle of rum so you can take a shot of rum every time I say, um, uh, so I hope you guys are nice and toasty. Cause we still have quite a bit of time to go. <laughs> so we're gonna be, who's going to have alcohol poisoning? Anywho, uh, she pulls the rope. The blood comes down, covers the cover, covers Carrie. Uh, and instantly like you, you see like, the, the, and it's such a, it's such a long scene cause they draw it out, but everybody's just like stunned. And then she imagines, she imagines that everybody is just, and most of them are laughing, but she imagines everybody. And I don't think the teacher was laughing. I don't think the teacher was laughing at all. I, but I think she got to a point in her mind where everyone was out to get her and everybody in that room. She just, and that's where we go into her just full-blown rage. She didn't give a fuck. She gave no fucks. Them hands. No fucks. Everybody in that room caught them fucking hands. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I mean, you see her. Uh, the, this, and, and she just looks like such a badass, too. She really did. She looked like a beast covered in blood. <laughs> it was the way that she, like, with her, with her hands and just yeah. everything, like, she was just so fucking bad covered in blue she looked wicked i looked the same way in my first guar show oh my god <laughs> so she um, uh, lays it out on the line you do a fact little fact about that that moment actually is pj souls where she gets hit with the uh 
the water, the water hose where she gets whacked and it's like spraying and she's like lying down or whatever. Uh, she got blasted so hard in the side of the face that it blew her, like I think it blew or ruptured her eardrum and she wasn't able to hear for. Oh gosh, I'd have to look like actually for like I don't have the actual amount of time, but it was like six six weeks or six months or something. <laughs> I know it's a big time frame, but I just feel like the number six stands out to me. Um, but yeah, she definitely couldn't she she didn't have regular hearing for quite some time uh due to that that scene right there. But the like I said, she just she rips through that hole, locks the doors, shit gets set on fire. Um she's the whole the whole school obviously uh and then you see her leave the building which is also a pretty badass scene because again she's a freaking badass uh so you see her going down the road she's of course covered in blood going down the road and you see chris and billy because chris and billy got out so you see chris and billy going down the road little miss fucking chris and little mr billy a uh, little mr billy badass and they think they've gotten away and they think they're gonna oh and then they see her so they're like gonna try to like what run her over yeah, fucking right. She totally beat their fucking ass with her mind. Flipped a fucking car with her mind like a beast. Like, wow, words cannot even express what a badass she is for that. So, totally cool scene, I think. So then we come home, and she goes upstairs to get cleaned up in the bathtub. And something that kind of always stuck with me was the creepy fucking, her creepy creeper mom standing in the corner um when she's walking past the, the to go into the bathroom you see her mom just yeah. like standing there like a fucking creep behind the door <laughs> she doesn't even see her she walks right past her and i'm like oh that's creepy as fuck uh she gets cleaned up she goes back downstairs you know she sees her mom and her mom proceeds to basically tell her she wishes she had <coughs> aborted her um, she wishes she would have you know, committed suicide herself. You know all this weird it's a daily shit. conversation between me and my mom. She's like holding her. She tells her mom, "Please hold me." She's holding, and next thing you know, she pulls out a fucking knife and goes to stab her daughter. Like she's ready just to off her daughter. Yeah, like stab her like in the back, right? Yeah, she's totally stabbed her. Yeah, she totally yeah. fucking stabbed her daughter. And so Carrie reacted, and her reaction wound up being to kill her mom. Pretty much crucified her. Yeah, in pretty much. Yeah, crucified her in midair. Basically, you know, she with her telekinesis power, she went for butcher knife. Well, any knife that she could get out of her with, with her mind, out of drawers or whatever, and pinned her mom into a doorway, um, like literally, like crucified. Like yeah. Um. So <laughs> that was a pretty fucking wicked scene. Like I loved it. I mean, obviously. It's wild. It's more brutal, brutal, but I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great, great kill. Um, and then the house, the house comes down. Um, the Jesus room. She pulls her into the Jesus room, the prayer closet, the creepy fucking prayer closet. And the house comes down on top of them. Uh, and then you, you in the movie with the iconic grave scene, which is Sue's dream. Um, where you see her and she's going to Carrie's grave, well, grave, um, which is actually the, where the property had once sat and the for sale sign was. And, and on the for sale sign, it, you know, it says something like Carrie burns in hell here or something like that. Carrie White. Carrie White burns, burns in hell. Um, and it, it was on the cross, the for sale, or the for sale sign, which kind of looked like a cross, I guess. Um, and 
you see her go, she kneels down to put the flowers on the grave. Again, I say grave. Um, so she goes to put the flowers down there. And the like I said, icon, when I say iconic, I mean Carrie's hand coming up through through all of the the uh, dirt and rocks, I guess. It kind of looked like rocks, but I'm not real sure. Um, but her hand comes up and grabs a hold of Sue. And, and then Sue, that's when Sue's in the nightmare. And you realize it's a, just a dream. But And that's how they end the movie. So that is your rundown, your quick... 20-minute rundown of Carrie, um, the 1976 film Carrie. We have a 9 out of 10 stars. <laughs> Would you know? Why 9? Uh, why 9? Uh, you lose a point for the period talk. Oh, wow. Periods are gross and unnatural. Oh. God only gives them to you women that treat us like pigs. Well. No, just kidding. It's a great <laughs> movie. You can have 10 stars. Okay. I, th I thought we were doing Love like... Sissy Spacek, Brian De Palma, Great fucking filmmaker, uh, Scarface fame. Hmm. What do you think, Chelsea? I personally love the movie, and I, like I said, I love the fact that they didn't use the telekinesis like too much or make it tacky. Like they used it when they needed it, and that was probably well, my favorite part. Not like my favorite. no, I agree. I agree. It was good. It was good. Yeah. Um, great movie. Uh, I will say I love the fact that um, for those Stephen King fans, uh, Carrie was his first novel um, to be put, you know, first novel to be published. And in addition to that, Carrie was also his first story to make it on film. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool that, you know, Carrie was first for him. Uh, I know that just going to get go kind of go through some facts here that I've got. Uh, King was paid $2,500 for the film rights. So there's that, which I think is pretty interesting. <laughs> he says, you know, he, he has a, he has no, he has no regrets. He was fortunate to have the hap, have it happen in his first book. So of course he has no regrets about it, but he only got $2,500 for that. Um, what else? Oh, another interesting fact. Stephen King, if you watch the credits in the uh, in the original tra in the trailer for Carrie, Stephen King's name is spelled wrong. It's spelled Stephen S T E V E N instead of with a P H E N. So there's there's that. Yeah, a fun fact for you guys. Kind of like Jay and Shaggy's jerseys the other night. <laughs> yeah, kind kind of a little bit like uh, the the. Car car the I don't even Chernobyl, know. I think we know what I'm trying to say here. Um, uh, so George Lucas and Brian De Palma, I guess they were they were friends, and they when they were doing casting calls for both Carrie, which of course Brian was doing them for Carrie, uh, George Lucas was also doing them for Star Wars at the same time, and they shared a studio to do like they did like. This shared um, uh, casting. So basically, essentially. Imagine if we would have got John Travolta's fucking Han Solo. Exactly. Ah. That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like or or Carrie as as Princess Leia. Like, yeah, no. like how crazy would that have been? So like there there could have been a difference in in both movies as far as actors and actresses. So that was a cool little fact. What else do I have here? Da, 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 da. 
Um, at one point in time, now I think this is previously prior to the movie, but uh, Sue and Tommy, the two that were, Tommy was of course the one that took Carrie to the movie, or to, to the movies, uh, to prom, and, and Sue was the girlfriend who suggested the he American should do it. Hero. They Google actually it. had dated prior, I believe prior to, so they dated in real life. Um, doo -doo -doo. Sissy Spacek was not even, that's not even who he had originally wanted for the job. Um, but he had offered the audition because the husband, I think her husband was on the production team or something of the movie. So he offered her a, an audition, uh, just out of basically like, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll see what she's got. She can come in for an audition, but that wasn't who he had actually originally had in mind. And she did the audition and obviously knocked it out of the fucking park because they chose her over who he had originally um, you know, thought about having. I'm still stuck <clears throat> on the Star Wars and Carrie. Can you imagine Chewbacca would have been Carrie and the movie just been called Chewbacca? <laughs> and he stood there and he got covered in blood. He's like, Rah! oh my gosh. I um, think it needs to be made. Also, Hollywood, here I come. Also, um, they they originally P Piper was not their original um, for for Margaret, the mother, either. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I don't have the notes right off top of hand who originally was either, but she ended up she ended up with the role, which I'm glad she did because oh oh the the gal who played Nurse Ratchet originally and one flew over Cooper's nest. That's who they originally wanted to play. Uh, uh, you know, I think Margaret. she might have she might have she might have done good. So, yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure she probably would have done good, but I do think that Margaret or Mar not Margaret, um, Piper nailed the role. Like a bugger creep. Like creepy, like so creepy, so incredibly freaking creepy. Um, as yeah, so great fucking movie. Great. Oh, movie. one more little fact. One more little fact that I thought was kind of cute was Sissy Spacek was actually her high school homecoming queen. So maybe it wasn't prom queen, but she did have a little bit of that experience. So. Yeah. Anyways, um, so that's you know basically, I guess, our little short rundown of that, because uh, I do want to dive into my Eileen or Eileen Warnes. Um, I need to get to write my script for Chewbacca as Carrie. Lord have mercy. And he <laughs> evidently is going to be a movie producer now. So there's that, guys. Um, One that doesn't tuned. get sold out of gas station. Stay fucking tuned for that. So yeah, and as far as our movies go next week, we're gonna kind of like give it, give it way more detail and way more time and all that fun stuff for thing. you guys. <laughs> when we're gonna focus on one thing, um, that way we can talk about other stuff too. So, anywho, uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into my Eileen Warnes. Um, so again, this is just gonna be a, a general rundown. Um, and general thoughts, but um, we, thoughts. we love her, we do love her. Yeah, we, are team Warnos. <laughs> we are totally team Warnos over here, team fucking Warnos. This is my bitch, y'all. This is totally my bitch. So, anyways, we will do it. I will do another series, I will do like a, at least a one, two part. We need like a whole week. <laughs> I could just give her seven, seven, seven part series on Eileen Warren. Her guys, look forward to that. We're going to do that next month. No, I'm just kidding. Probably like a year from now or something. But anyways, moving forward. 
Um, I can't stop thinking about Chewbacca. And <laughs> stop. <laughs> oh my. Okay, so. Carry on. Eileen Carol Warnos. She was actually born Eileen Carol Pittman. She was born on February 29th, 1956. So again, we have another leap year baby. Uh, Richard Ramirez was also a leap year baby, but we have another leap year baby. So Eileen, she was a an American serial killer. I say that with quotations for those who are going to listen to this on podcasting. Uh, she was an American serial killer and a prostitute who murdered seven men in Florida between 1989 and 1990. Um, Warnos had always pretty much claimed that it was all self-defense and they had attempted to rape her or put her in a position where she definitely felt she needed to take force. Um, it was either them or her. Uh, she inevitably was sentenced for six uh, six out of the seven murders. Uh, she ended up with six death sentences. Um, and she eventually was executed by lethal injection on October 9th, 2002. Um, now, let's go into a little bit of detail on Miss Eileen here. 50 bucks. <laughs> I was just going to say it. <laughs> this is also, again, not true. We are not, we're not sponsored by any oh, Pepsi We will products. be, and you'll be sorry. All yeah, right, guys. Warnos, Eileen Warnos. Like I said, she was born Eileen Carol Pittman. She was born in Rochester, Michigan. And again, I'm like, I'm leap year, a little leap year, baby. Her mother's name was Diane, and her father's name was Leo Dell Pittman. Um, they were married when she was, uh, she was four. Well, yeah, they got yeah married, they didn't they get really married? young, like 14 and 16. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, they were only married for about a couple of years. Um, he, he took off and Eileen was born. He, by the time he was born, she, or by the time she was born, he was actually in prison. Um, for he was in prison for rape for the rape of a child. Um, and like I, seven. he mm -hmm. raped a yeah, seven-year-old. He was also um, being suspected of a murder of another little girl as well. Uh, so yeah, she, she and he actually ended up committing suicide in prison. Um, so let me see here. Uh, the, the, her, her mother, Diane did abandon them. Uh, she has a brother. She has a brother named Keith as well. Um, and her mother abandoned both her and her brother, Keith, um, leaving them with her grant, with their grandparents, which are her parents, Lori and Britta Warnos. Uh, both of them were alcoholics. Um, they did legally adopt her and Keith on March 18th of 1960, uh, thus giving, uh, her the Warnos name. Uh, let's see here. Um, she did by the age of 11 though, she did find out around that age time that they were not her biological parents. She did believe that they were her parents and that, um, their two other kids. Oh gosh. Why can't I think of their names off the top of my head? Right. The second, I know the daughter's name is Lori. She was named after her father and I cannot think of his name right now. The, 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 what is it? Brother, uncle. Um, he's technically her uncle, but, but he was raised as her brother. Um, and I cannot think of his name off the top of my head. So I do apologize. It will come to me. Anywho, uh, she, 
but were around the age, like I said, of around 11, she found out that they weren't her real parents, um, which at that point she just kind of went off the deep end, I guess, a little bit as far as, you know, being a bad kid, you know, like being out there and rowdy and running the streets and, you know, doing whatever she kind of felt like doing. So she did start um, engaging in things like sexual activities, even at the age of 11 for, she, she figured out that she could sell sexual activities for things like cigarettes and, and drugs and even food, which is kind of sad to think That's that an 11 year old is selling her body. She had a shitty childhood. Yeah. For food. Uh, so that's just heartbreaking just to even read that or see that. Um, anyways, they, uh, she even, by, by doing so, she earned the nickname as as a child, the, the cigarette pig, which is kind of sad to think that you were calling like a 12-year-old little girl, go see the cigarette pig. Uh, let's get some head from the cigarette pig, toss her a few smokes. <laughs> like, it's so sad. It's so sad, guys. Her story just breaks my heart. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I just want to cry. I just want to hug her. And I'm gonna say this a lot through all of this. I think if she just would have gotten a hug, just just somebody hug her and you know tell her that you love her. Maybe she would have just been fine. Fuck. Just needed some guidance, like, and not a shitty grandpa. Like her grandpa was disgusting. I mean, this is really bright. I feel like you have. Why did you do this? What did you do with the lighting? Because I look like a fucking ghost. Same. Like. <laughs> What? You, I feel like you touched the light. Why is it closer? I had it all the way back. What did you do? You. I'm sorry, guys. I look like a fucking ghost. I'm really not this white in person. I'm pretty white, but not this white. Holy shit. Anyways. Um, so yeah, she's raised, being raised by her, her grandparents as her parents. Um, they're both alcoholics. We find that Lori is um, the, the grandfather. Lori, his name is Lori. Um, he is abusive. You know, he's not the best of, uh, of grandparent, you know, and of course they're both alcoholics too. And the grandmother, she's not really a well, grandmother, mother. Um, she's not really abusive, but she's not, the, she's not really, def, def, she doesn't defend the kids either. You know, she wasn't the best upbringing. She was very much abused by her grandfather and even said to be sexually assaulted by her grandfather. Um, there were, they, they was said that he, he would force her to strip, um, her clothes off even for, for punishments. She, she would be naked for punishments. Um, I guess at the age of four around 14, she'd become pregnant. Uh, after I'm having grandpa's friend. Well, that's what there, there's a few speculations, but yeah, the, the big speculation would be a grandfather's friend. Um, some did say that it was her grandfather's even, um, or, it could have been in, in, in by anybody at that. I mean, she was pretty promiscuous at that point anyway. Yeah. So she was, she was, she, I mean, she was already trading sex for cigarettes at 11. So by 14, yeah. you can only imagine how, I'm not saying that she wasn't raped or, or, or any of that. I'm not, I'm but who knows? We don't know. We don't know. Really a couple times. So like, Right. And when, and, and it's a lot of, a lot of what we're, what we're going to go into is, is her words versus there there's not a lot of evidence there's not a lot of story besides her story so you you've got to take everything that she says whether or not it's true or not so i believe her i believe everything she says well most everything she says um uh anyways so yeah she once she became pregnant they her her grandparents had sent her off to a, a home for unwed mothers where she did have the she had the pregnancy and the baby uh the baby whom she named keith after her brother 
was immediately given up for adoption. So there is a son who is somewhere out there. And obviously I imagine his name was changed and, and whoever adopted him or even the adoption agencies probably never even said who the child belonged to. So it's crazy to think that kid's somewhere out there and he has no, no clue that this is his biological mother. Um, so yeah, anyway, she, she has Keith. She gives him up for adoption immediately. She has no time with him. She immediately gives him up. She comes home. Um, and shortly thereafter, her grandmother passes away. Um, and once her grandmother passes away, that's when Lori decides immediately that he is going to throw Eileen out of the house. And this is at 15 years old. So she immediately starts living on the streets, in the woods. Yeah, P.S. She lives in Michigan, just so you guys know. And and for those of you who do know the Midwest or know Michigan, it is very cold in Michigan, especially in like the wintertime, like some harsh fucking winters. And she at 15 was kicked out and proceeded to stay out for uh, about two years. She stayed on the streets for about two years um, doing God knows what to stay alive. You know, she, she no, she was... Um, sleeping like i said in cars uh she would she would try to spend the night with johns um if she could so she at least had somewhere warm to sleep somewhere to bathe um she by the time she was 17 that's when she took off um and let had she had had enough of michigan um and that's when she hit the road um she kind of traveled here and there she at one point she ended up in denver colorado um where, I mean, she got in a little bit of trouble in Colorado, but eventually she, uh, yeah, she was arrested in Colorado for driving under the influence, disorderly conduct, and firing her 22, which is her favorite little weapon, uh, firing her 22 out of a moving vehicle. Um, she then hitchhiked. I've got a comment that says it's frozen solid, but I don't know if it's just for him or if it's just, if it's for all of you. So if you guys maybe could. Maybe talking about Michigan. No, no, no. I know what I was talking about. No, maybe because you said Michigan was cold. Oh, maybe he was talking about Michigan. I don't know. So anyways, we're so going to. were you talking about? I'm like, we're still going because I know I'm still recording. We're not so. frozen. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving forward, she uh, from there she hitchhiked. This is nineteen around nineteen seventy six. She hitchhiked to Florida, um, where she laid her roots. Basically, that's where she stayed from this point forward. Uh, that's where she met sixty nine year old yacht club president Louis Gratz. Um, Louis Gratz fell. I'm sorry, Gratz fell. That's and um, I, I assume he was one of her Johns, and he fell in love with her beautiful charm. Because she was a lovely, lovely lady. Very Yeah, charming. she was. And she was hot when she was, like, younger. She was really fucking hot when she was younger. And not... She's like, I'm hot. I'm going to be a prostitute. And I'm like, yeah, you're yeah. because you were hot. She was hot. And he, like, makes fun of her and her mannerisms. And she was just doing it because she was a badass and she was hot. Anyways. Anyway. So, yeah, she, like I said, meets the 69-year-old yacht owner. He's probably her John, and he falls in love with her beautiful charm and asks her to marry him. 
and they very quickly get married, uh, which as quickly as they got married, they also proceeded to get divorced. Um, she was not willing to give up her wild ways. She liked to drink. She liked to party. She liked to be at the bar scene. Like she liked to go out and get rowdy. Um, and he, of course, being a president, a 69 year old president of a yacht club, um, well known in the area, could not have his wife out doing these sort of things. So he attempted to kind of, you know, put a leash on Eileen and he told her his, this had worked with his late wife. So he was going to try it with his new wife, his 20, like she was like 20. <laughs> she was like a baby, yeah, a little baby. That's really young. Um, and he is so young, so freaking young. So he, he tells her he's going to cut off her allowance. He's going to, he's going to cut her money off. And she, lost her shit like he didn't even get to finish his sentence he lost he lost her shit beats him with his own cane like literally beats this poor little old man this little 69 year old man like, with his fucking water <laughs> cane and, and like you will give me money like okay dummy you are definitely gonna like come on now you had just you had so much money in the palm of your hand and you just fucking blew it because you wanted to be a rowdy little dumb dumb well he was only giving her like 30 dollars it was a little bitty baby it was a baby allowance. So that is $30 one thing. a day, man. Yeah, it wasn't much. So spend that on fast food. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. So I could see why she was like, man, I need more money. But at the same time, I could see why he was like, do you fucking definitely don't because you're wild and you're my wife um, and I'm old and known. Anyways, um, so once he she beats him with the with the cane, he he very quickly gets a restraining order and the marriage is annulled. Um, so uh, proceeding forward. Oh, yes, yeah, she does. She gets arrested. The reason that what lead led up to, um, you know, okay, she, she beats him with the cane. She takes like his, steals his wallet and stuff, and then goes to the bar. She like beats him and she takes his money and she's like, I'm going, I'm, I'm going out. Yep. So she goes out <laughs> and she goes out and proceeds to get so belligerently drunk that she gets into this like super big fight at the bar and goes to jail for assault um is arrested and charged for assault and disturbing the peace and throwing a cue ball at the bartender's head now she thank god somebody was like hey guy duck um and he happened to look back just in time to catch the cue ball flying past him and she chucked it so hard at this guy that that it said that, that, that they say it the cue ball stuck in the freaking drywall like oh she, like stuck into the wall she threw it so hard could you imagine getting whacked in the back of the head badass but she can fucking stick a cue ball in the drywall she's like total total she's a badass i'm sorry guys she's just a badass um so yeah she goes to jail for that um on the 14th um and then you know the the restraining order and all this that and the other starts it's all popping off right then and then three days later her brother Keith, um, which was the only person, like he was her best friend growing up. You know, like they went through, like they got in fights, they got in fights as kids and stuff like that. But they, they also kind of had each other's backs. No one else was allowed to talk shit about each other except for them. Kind of, they had this kind of relationship they had. They also supposedly had, at one point, a sexual relationship. Yeah, but, I think their grandpa like forced them to like. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I there's all there's all kinds of weird stipulations. Right. Like, and there's a lot of different information out of there. I've done a lot of research and I realized that even listening to these podcasts, yeah, there's a lot of bad information out there. So I try really hard to get the right information, but sometimes it's not always the right information. Anyways, um, her brother Keith dies of uh, throat cancer. Um, he, he actually went away to the army though. 
um, when the back when just uh, grandpa kicked him out and stuff like that. So he went to the army and ended up with a ten thousand dollar life insurance policy, which her being next of kin, it went to her. Mm-hmm. She um. <sighs> She, which to my knowledge, she took, she promptly took the $10,000, bought a vehicle. And I've heard several accounts where she bought the vehicle and then wrecked the vehicle totally. Did. Yeah, that's what I've heard too. And she like blew it in like two months, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And she went through the money super quick with drugs, alcohol, all the fun stuff. She definitely blew through 10 grand, which back then was a lot more than 10 grand is now. Way fucking more. Um, and, and see, now I've heard, this is what I mean by bad information. I've also heard, some people try to say that she had gotten the vehicle and then it got repossessed, which I've had more accounts say that it was wrecked the in total rather than repossessed. So again, it, it, there's all kinds of information out there, guys. Um, so let's see. On May 20th, 1981, she was arrested in Edgewater, Florida for uh, the armed robbery of a convenience store. Now, guys, she went into this convenience store in a bikini. And a bikini and robbed it like a bikini top and a pair of like teeny tiny little shorts, which is kind of weird for her to be wearing because that wasn't her style anyway. <laughs> she was well known for being like, like kind of like wearing like flannels and like hat, like trucker hats and stuff like that. Like she wasn't really known for like the point. <laughs> yeah, right. She wasn't like the show my booty and boobies off. Like, like she wasn't like flaunted kind of gal, but I disagree because I'm going to go with my homie Max Terry. Eileen Wernos was juggalo as fuck. That was she could have totally gathered with us. Gosh, oh, I would have I would have gathered hard with Eileen Wernos. That's my bitch. One of the anyways. So she walks into this convenience store. Um, she actually has her guess. She was she didn't plan to rob it. She had cash in her pocket. Um, and she had, I guess her I guess according to her, she had her what gun in her. She, was, uh, she had shorts. She had shorts and a bikini oh, top, like a little sh- short shorts and a bikini wallet. top. But no, no. Not that, not a prison wallet, right? Right. right. Um, but so she she went in with her, I guess she had a bag and she tossed her bag up on the countertop, I guess, supposedly, and her the the handle of her gun was showing. So the lady behind the counter started freaking out and she was like, Oh, you want a fucking robbery? You want a fucking I'll give you what is that what you want? Okay, I'll give you she got bouted as shit. And totally. she was drunk. She was belligerently drunk. She'd gotten a fight with her boyfriend that she was staying with. And this was her way of kind of being like, hey, show proof to me you love me. I'm gonna go rob this liquor store, or not the liquor store, convenience store. I'm gonna go rob this convenience store. And if you love me, you're gonna basically stop this from happening. Like you're gonna bail me out of jail or make sure I don't go to jail, or I don't know what her thought process was, but that was the thought process, something along those lines. So anyway, she goes in here, she the 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 she's she sees the she says you want the want the robbery blah 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 so she pulls the gun out and so she proceeds to rob this convenience store she gets away with thirty five dollars and two packs of cigarettes that's all she makes from her wonderful robbery uh, she finally gets in her car she couldn't find her keys gets in her car gets her car started gets on the road um, ends up blowing like her radiator or something has to pull over um, and that's how she caught got caught during that robbery um, the the, the police that's how they got her and arrested her it was because she drove away and blew something on the interstate <clears throat> she was arrested for things like car theft uh, she's got like lots of little petty theft things lots of little um she likes to get in fights so on and so forth so little petty crime here and there she was building a rap sheet basically mm-hmm. um also around this time that is when she met 
I, okay, I know there's so many different um, pronunciations. Tyria, uh, Tyria Moore, which is the the gal that inevitably stabs her in the back. But um, this is where she meets Tyria Moore, which she calls her Ty. We will call her Ty um, in a Day Daytona Beach lesbian bar. Uh, they, like most lesbians do, instantly move in together um, and are instantly it's 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 instant. I mean, within a week, yeah, they're yeah. definitely definitely shacked up and living together. Um, so they got each other's names shaved in the back of their head. Right. So, um, and again, I, I love my lesbian. My, I love my daughter who's gay. I love, I love the gay people. Um, but yeah, it's very well known that, you know, I mean, anytime I was with a woman, I shacked up with her pretty instantly too. So, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <laughs> yeah, also very Jeff of us. Um, so they move in together very quickly. Um, and this is when, you know, of course, Warner's proceeds to support them on her prostitute earnings. Um, I guess they'd gotten, and then the two of them had got even gotten in an incident together where they were getting like belligerent with somebody and tried to assault somebody with a beer bottle and they got questioned by police. But <sighs> all right, let's fast forward, guys, to all the murders. So we're going to start off with Mr. Richard fucking Mallory. Uh, 51 years old, November 30th, 1989. He was the electronics. He was an electronics store owner in Cleveland. Um, he was her first victim. Uh, and this, I absolutely 100% do believe happened. Um, she said, she, of course, she, she claims the, the, the uh, self-defense case the entire time. And I believe that this is kind of where it started out for her. I think this is we're finally true. You've got to, you've got to understand she is a sex worker. So, um, a lot of gals in this trade, they, they really put themselves in, in a very dangerous position. Um, so, you know, to all my friends who are sex workers, please, please, please be careful. I, I don't know. I, not a lot of gals are out there doing it on the streets like this these days. I don't think. Yeah. Um, but if they are, God, please be careful. So, Anyways, uh, she she gets she gets picked up by him, and she claims that he um, raped her. He uh, sodomized her brutally. He she claimed, and this she 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 testifies this particular case. This was the only case that she went to trial for, um, and she was she she put herself on the stand to testify, and her testimony was so fucking convincing that I just don't see how that could have been a lie. Yeah. Um, she, she goes in a very strong detail, talks about how he rapes her, like he sodomizes her. Um, he, after that, he proceeds to violently rape her vaginally. Um, after that, he then, and he's, I guess got her tied to a steering wheel, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he, pulls out a bottle of Visine, as she claims, um, which later she finds out the bottle is actually filled with rubbing alcohol. Um, he puts her legs up and proceeds to pour rubbing alcohol all over was her. Was that the torture? The yes, no, evidence. this was, no, this was pure torture. This was pure torture. Um, he puts rubbing alcohol all over her, her genitals. Um, he goes around because I guess, like I said, I believe the story is that she's tied to the steering wheel. So he goes around to the driver's side, comes to the door up there, something like that. And like holds her nose or no, 
puts her like I think he pours it in her nose. She says pours the rubbing alcohol in her nose and says that he he says she says that he says that he's saving the rubbing alcohol for eyes for last. Um, he's grand he finale. yeah the grand finale. He then sticks it in the dash and that's when she's like oh god it's either me or him. he's gonna fucking kill me. He's already told me that he's killed previous girls. Which P.S. Let me just go ahead and tell you now this yeah. guy actually served time for. Um, he like on a fucking rape charge. This guy like has a previous conviction for literally fucking doing like shit like this. So, anyways, um, that said, like she's at this I moment, she's like, like further believe her with this oh, yeah. one. Oh fucking yes, I totally believe this is exactly how this fucking at least the first murder. Totally I think it was just like this like led to it led to a lot of other shit, but this is really what finally was the turning point for her. I believe. Yeah. So, like I said, she. Um, this is the point where she realizes it's either going to be uh, um, her or or him, and she. This man's going to kill her. So she leans back. She gets a hold of her bag. In her bag, she's got her twenty-two caliber. She grabs the gun and immediately just starts firing. Um, and he doesn't die at first. It takes several bullets, um, but she does. She she finally gets him. Um, I think eventually what had killed him was two bullets to the lung. Um, so he definitely suffered and you know, if this went down the way it, it truly, and I, the way I believe it did, I more the fucking hats off to her. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, and, and I've listened to, I've heard so many different, I've, I've watched everything you could possibly watch about her. And I've heard several different podcasts, several different stories, several different renditions or, or people's plays, this, that, and the other. And I just, you know, I, I have a hard time thinking other, I, I believe this is exactly how this went down for her. And I believe that, I don't know. I don't even know where it's going. I lost my train of thought, which this will happen occasionally from time to time. But yeah, so that's what happens with her first one. She, I do truly believe that she was, if, oh, that, that the people will put her, they, they will, they'll say, well, what did you, why did you put yourself in that situation? Why are you even putting yourself in a position like that? Well, for some people, this is how they survive, and this yeah, is how they she get married. She had no other way of life. This is how this is all she knew. She had no real skills. She had no real. She had no education. She had no. She had no work experience. She did try to get even real jobs and was basically laughed at. And you know, so this is really all she did she have. Supporting Ty, like on that. Like on this like sex working job, like yeah, she was well, yeah, it well she had been supporting herself for one, you know, just managing and getting by, and then she gets with Ty, and her whole world becomes about Ty, right. um, because you know she does she just falls deeply in love with Ty. Ty is the first person to actually like give her something genuine in return, to where she feels like genuine care and compassion for the first time in her entire life. So immediately, her whole world and her whole life turns into everything about Ty. Um, so yeah, she is. She's putting herself in these situations. She actually, the, the the way I know it, she she had a steady clientele that she did see, a steady line of Johns that she used for quite some time, and she didn't have to deviate from that. She had her job, but it was also the time dur during during a war at, at that time. So the guys that she was seeing at that time were like people who were shipping back out or something like. I can't remember exactly uh, what was up with her Johns, but she was. She was getting less money there and she needed to make up for the money. So Ty was like, well, why don't you just go back to the streets and, you know, like the randoms like you used to do. You've done it before. You can do it again. So that's kind of what pushed her into going back out like, you know, like hitchhiking and like putting her thumb up basically. And she had a she had a motive to like when she was out there, she would have like um, stories like she'd have a photo of these kids or something. And she'd get in the car, and, you know, she'd play like the damsel in distress or the 
the the uh, broken down motorist or you know i'm just trying to get to my kids but you know i don't have money um is there a way you can help me out type thing um so she kind of fill these guys you know fill fill the situation see if we could if they were this is even going to go anywhere but anyway so it did with richard mallory he got her out there she ended up capping him and killing him and, and, and if this is like i said if this is the way it truly went down then hats off to her because fuck that dude straight yeah. fuck that dude like you you are paying for a service and you know whether people agree with that service or not you, you were this is a service that is sex is one of the the oldest professions and in history and and let's face it there are women that do that and these women should be safe period it, they shouldn't have to be in the situation yeah. where they have to kill because they're they're you're giving them a service and what no matter what it is if you're rubbing someone's feet or fucking sucking their dick it's still a fucking service and you know like a, a paid for like why there shouldn't have resulted nobody gets beat up for rubbing feet like why are you getting beat up for sucking dick that's not cool like what the fuck like yeah. so anyways yeah fuck this dude straight fuck this dude. Foot. <laughs> people do that too that's a thing so anyways fuck this dude so that was mallory she um ditches his body um i see ditches his body uh she hides him under like a piece of carpet um two days later she fought the the volusia county department sheriff's uh sheriff's finally abandoned they finally abandoned car um and then it wasn't until december 13th that his body was found um where he's pretty badly de decomposed. It took quite a bit for them to get, I think it was fingerprints, it was his hands, um, that they were able to uh, finally figure out who he was because they weren't able to pin the two together. Anyways, uh, moving forward, we go to David uh, David Spears. He was 47. He was a construction worker. Um, he was declared missing on May 19th, 1990, on June 1st. His naked body was found along um, Route 19, which is a, a very commonly traveled road. Um, his body had been shot six times with a 22 caliber. Uh, um, he was found naked. So we will obviously, me personally, I automatically will just kind of chalk this up as another sex situation where um, she, and now see, so we've got the first situation where we've got the obvious, in my opinion, the obvious rape. So we kind of dive forward into these next couple of, the couple of murders. And, and now at this point, what I kind of think is these next couple of murders were maybe they had done something and she was still suffering from PTSD from the previous mm -hmm. one, from the previous situation. Um, so maybe, who knows, maybe like one of these guys went to go like put his hand around her neck, which for her, Trigger. maybe that triggered her. Maybe something scared her. Maybe something, I think something truly did scare her um, to the point that she was maybe suffering from even some PTSD and just kind of reacted. There was just reaction. Um, and since she'd already done this once before, it kind of made that reaction a little easier, I think. Um, so, you know, it, it was just, she was able to defend herself easier, um, maybe again and this is just my interpretation because i am team eileen so this is kind of what i am i'm hoping for um no less again he was found dead um shot six times um we've got charles edmund cars gadden um he was 40 may 31st 1990 he was a part-time rodeo worker on June 6, 1990, his body was found in Pasco County. He had been shot nine times with, of course, the the caliber, the 20 caliber. Uh, his body had been wrapped in an electric blanket. It was pretty badly decomposed when it was found. 
Um, there were witnesses that said they'd seen her in possession of his car. Um, she'd also pawned a gun that was identified to belong to him. There's the pawning. She liked to pawn, pawn a lot of these, these victims' items. She that was, was super messy of her to do. Super messy. Yeah, super messy of her to do. I agree. Uh, she did have several different names that she went by. I know she went by Lori Grody, which was her sister Anne's name. So there for a while she struck, struck or she, you know, she she built up a pretty good criminal history under her sister's name. Um, but and she had a couple of other um, really weird names um, that she went by. But yeah, so she was pawning a lot of these guys' stuff. Um, some of it she was keeping. She did have a storage unit that was found at the time of her arrest. Um, that had a lot of the victims' belongings. They were all ID'd by family. Um, so that was also super fucking messy, in my opinion. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so she, uh, da, da, da. she, she, she would, like like I said, she would rob these, she would kill them, and then she would rob them, which that's the thing, like, they, they tried to use her against her in court, like, uh, to make her sound more vicious and stuff like that. Like, and for me, like, my thought process is if I'm going to kill you, and you've got money and I don't have money and you're already dead and you're not going to use that money. I'm probably going to take that money. Like, it's not about like robbing you at that point. It's just about what are you going to use? It what for? are you going to fucking use it for? Just like your car. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna take your fucking car too. Like not that like these days. And by the way, I'm not going to go kill. If people. you kill somebody though, you are supposed to leave the change in their pocket. So they have money for the very man. I guess that's the thing. Mm. They won't have no money than the ferryman. You should move over a little because you're like barely even in the scene. We can barely see you. Crybaby. He's a crybaby, guys. I'm sorry. He's gonna have to put up a lot of his crying bullshit. But anyways, uh, so yeah, she would. She like I said, she would. She would take their their stuff, uh, pawn a lot of it because again, she was she had no money. You know, she like she was still trying to get by and still trying to support Ty and still doing anything she could to take care of her and, and part of that included pawning shit that she felt was of value um which they then later were turned around and tried to use that to make her seem more vicious i guess um so yeah should we move forward to uh peter sims he was 65 he was a retired merchant seaman she said seaman <laughs> I, I said seaman um but that's what he was okay so it was his job title. Um, Which was my job and, title. And, uh, in June of 1990, it left Upper Jupiter for Arkansas. Um, on July 4th, his car was found in Orange Springs. And um, this is where more, okay, so more and Warnos were going around one day and they were drinking and driving. And I, I believe the story is that Moore was driving the car. They show this in the movie monster. If you guys have seen the movie monster, um, but you see where she's driving the car and they're drinking and then she pulled, you know, she wrecks it. She wrecks it on these people's property. And the people are like, Hey, do you need help? Do you need help? She's like, no, please don't call the cops. Please don't call. And then they've managed to get the car out of there. And then they um, get it off to this abandoned play, like where they yank the, you see them yanking the car plate off and they're like trying to clean up the car real quick. Well, that car, that particular car, Eileen had left a bloody handprint on the, on the car. Um, his body, his body was never found. He was the one out of the seven murders that she was not charged for because his body was never found. So they never pressed charges on her for These that. These comments one. are killing me. They're funny as fuck. You guys are funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so, I, mean, I feel like such a dick right now, but I'm trying to like get through this damn episode and I'm sorry I'm neglecting your guys' comments, but I love you guys. Um, 
So I'll be more attentive in episodes to come, I promise. I fucked up, guys. I really fucked up. Um, we're going to fix it. We're going to fix it together because we're a family. It's of, a learning process. This is only uh, your second one. You're doing great. Yeah, we're, 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 we got this, guys. We got this. <laughs> oh, God. You guys are awesome. Um, <sighs> Tony Burris. Burris? Yeah, it's Tony Burris, right? Okay, Tony Burris, age 50. He was a sausage salesman. Mm. As am I. First a semen, then a sausage. First a semen, then a sausage salesman. Like, I'm seeing a pattern that maybe the officers and the the detectives did not see. I wish I could sell you the semen out of my sausage. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, guys. If I have to to deal with it, you guys have to now deal with it. So welcome to my own. Mom. Your life. Shit show. <laughs> Next week we'll be reviewing the movie Sausage Seaman. Oh God, we That's will not. That's really probably a thing. That's probably a thing in porn. In my head, it is also in his head. In your head, zombie. Gosh, can you imagine that people are going to listen to this on a podcast eventually too? It's not the neighbors. I'm imagining the poor people who have headphones at work right now. Screaming in their fucking ear. A cranberry song. Like it's a great song. That's Katy Perry. That's totally not Katy Perry. He's a firework. Again, again, please stop. Please stop. I'm sorry if you're listening to this on audio. Please stop. Thanks. I'm sorry, guys. He's like a fucking toddler for real. Sometimes I'm like dating and I'm not dating. Married to dating. He's my boyfriend. Um, married to a fucking toddler. Um, I'm still shook over these comments. They're fucking. These people are funny. Oh God. <laughs> I can't wait to go back and read them. Guys, I really enjoy You're going and reading the comments for real. But it won't let me load all of the comments. So I'm so sorry. If that's the way I didn't start liking comments because I didn't want to look like I was just being a dick and not laughing at other people's comments. Cause it won't show me all the comments. So I was yeah. just like, oh my God, but the ones I can't see are great. So I love you guys. I've been trying to keep up with here we go. Charles Richard Dick. Dick. It's a big old dick. No, dick it's not. Sausage so wrong. Yeah. Here we go. See more with the pattern, guys. Charles Richard Dick Humphrey. So we've first we've got the oh Humphrey. god guys. So I'm seeing uh, uh um definitely a consistency here. Oh god. <laughs> age, now age, I just feel like it's a given. Guys, age 56. This is September 11th, 1990. This is pre 9/11, guys. Um, this is September 11th, 1990. Retired U.S. Air Force Major, formal and also former state child abuse investigator. Oh, and a former po- chief of police. On September 12th, 1990, his body was found in Marion County. He was fully clothed and had he was fully clothed and had six shots in his head and torso. He was found in Suwannee Suwannee County. I'm not from Florida, guys. Sorry. Um, and last and last and least, last but not least, uh, last wait but not least. Would please, it be least? Would it be least if it was last? What does least last but not least technically mean, but guys? Now I'm confused. You're not a piece of shit. But not least. You might be but, last, but you're not a piece of shit. Sorry, guys. I'm like having a moment. Like an idiot. So Walter Antonio 
Antonio, um, age 62. He was a trucker, security guard, and a police reservist. On November 19, 1990, Antonio's nearly naked body was found near a remote lodging road in Dixie County. He had been shot four times. Five days later, his car, his car was found. <clears throat> so, at some point during all this fun stuff, because after the car, the car accident, we that's when the sketches go out. Um, because, uh, of course, there were witnesses that had seen Ty and Lee, which is Eileen. Lee, she also went by Lee. So they had seen Ty and Lee flee the scene from uh, the car, well, with the car at this point, because they are able to get the car out of the where they had wrecked it. Um, but so they, they give an description, the sketches go out. Um, and so many leads immediately start popping off. Lots of people are calling in, giving this fake name, that fake name, but all the fake names are actually leading to Eileen. Like the cops were able to really dig in and it just kind of, they, once, once the, once they started connecting the dots, it all just really fell into place. Um, she, like I said, she was pawning a lot of these people's items, um, and pawning them under various different names. And of course, once these, 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 um, tips and stuff start coming in, they're coming in with this name and that name. So they start searching the the pawn shops here and there, and they're looking for this person or that person. And it's, all of it starts tying literally back to one person. And it's all Eileen Warnos. Messy. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's messy, super messy. My babe was so messy. Um, so they start, once they figure out that it's all, like I said, in the hand, the handprint, the, the bloody handprint also. Um, so once all this stuff started tying together and they had a name, um, that is when they set up a force to kind of watch her and, and locate her. Um, they finally ended up catching up with her at the last resort bar, which is a biker bar in Daytona Beach, Florida. The irony. Uh, which we were just right. in Daytona Beach. <laughs> the irony. Fourth, we were at Daytona mm -hmm. Beach the 4th of July weekend. And there was a lot of Eileen Warnos looking mm -hmm. motherfuckers there. Just like <laughs> every story went to was like you. Trump flags mm -hmm. and fucking they were selling the COVID masks. Well, and it was sad because we were actually we were actually there like a week after Biker Week, and there was like all the Biker Week stuff. Like they didn't have Biker Week because of COVID, so it was such a sad time to be in Daytona Beach this year, guys. But yeah, so there's a there's like I said a biker bar, and it's now, called I the would, Last. I would give you this. Eileen was probably a fucking dime during the COVID times where you just got the mask and you see them eyes you're like oh yeah as he pulls on I got there oh. <laughs> so she um she was caught up in there um they had actually caught her in there the night before um but they were told not to arrest they didn't want to blow it so they actually let her like I think she passed out um, they were there, scared of her because she had been drinking. She, like, or somewhere. She smoke. passed. She came back. She They caught up with her again the next day there. Um, and that's actually when they were able to arrest her. Um, but they were worried that they wouldn't be able to hold her because they, they weren't able to find what's-his-face's body. Um, you know, like they were able to kind of connect all these little dots, but they didn't have enough evidence to actually hold her, hold her. So that's when they had finally caught up with Ty. They caught up a tie at her family's house, and that's where they basically talked her into. They gave, they were, they agreed to give her immunity if she agreed to basically get a confession out of um, out of Eileen. So they drive Ty back up to a hotel in Florida. 
And I guess they have Ty call um, Eileen yeah, they, like, in jail. Their phone in, but from the hotel. Her, right, but okay, but how, I, okay, I have been incarcerated and I was not allowed to take personal phone calls. Were you incarcerated in 1970? No, but I didn't know people in 1970 or what not. Not 1970. It was 1991 or something. Yeah, I was going to say 91. So in 91, I don't think, I don't know. Were you allowed, who was locked up in 1991? Were you allowed to take personal phone calls? Because that just seems sketch to me. That just seems like that has cop written all over it, personally. But anyway, yeah. so they essentially a fucking snitch rat call you like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, essentially, yeah, you got a phone call. I'd find that sus as fuck right suspect. off the bat. I'm like, oh, I got a personal call here. When they get my microphone ready before I fucking take this one. <laughs> so and immediately, they, right when you start talking, they're like, I don't want to get in trouble. Oh, they're coming after me. I'm like, oh no, you're cool, you're cool. So they get her, they, they get, she, they have a couple different phone calls. Um, and then it was about by the third phone call. That's when she, they, they tell her to turn it up a notch because they basically tell her, if you don't get this confession out of her, you're going to be an accomplice to murder and you're, you're going to do some time too. So that's when she finally kicked it up a notch. And she, like he was saying, he, she gets on the phone and she's basically a crybaby about it. She's like, I don't know what to do. They're questioning me. They're questioning my family. What, a, why I don't want to get in trouble for something you did. And she's basically setting this entire storyline up. Of course, the, the conversation recording being recorded on two separate ends. I mean, it's obviously already being recorded by the jail, but then in addition, it's being recorded by, you know, the, 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 the detectives on the other end. Now that would have been me and her on that phone line. She would have been, baby, they want to go, like, but bitch, you shouldn't have did it. Why'd you do it then? I've been out of there by the dinner. Oh, time. wow. That's good to know. Stop trying to set Let's me up. You know where you stand. What's she trying to set me up? But do not even set you up. What the fuck? Hey, I'm not a, Okay. Cop. Anyways. Um, so, again, she's being a weirdo on the phone and poor fucking Eileen. She just loves Ty so much. And Ty's like threatening to kill herself and stuff like that. So, Eileen basically gives in and, and, and it, it if you are, if you haven't heard the phone call, it's so sad. It makes me so sad. First of all, by the way, when when Ty answers the or when I when Ty answers the phone for Eileen, you can hear Ty and she's like, "What? What?" And I was just like, and, and then finally That's she's really like, really "Oh, sad. the village." I was like, "Why are you being so cunty to my bitch? Like, what the no. fuck? Well, don't talk to you. You can't talk to her. I don't think you're the first and really only person that like Aileen loved. You know, what I, I mean? know it was so. She's just so mean to her. I fucking hate Ty. I hate Ty. I hate yeah, Ty. That right. bitch, snitch, snitch ass bitch for real. Fuck Ty. Ty should rot. And I, I'm thinking she's probably still alive. I don't know, but if you well, hear this, she's stupid cut. Fucking rot. If you monster, hear this, let's send it to her. Monster. They had Christina Ritchie player. They should have had Charlie's mom from Always Sunny in Philadelphia because this bitch looks straight. I can't up unsee like it. Charlie's was, mom. Yeah. I can't unsee what? it. Have you ever seen It's Always Sunny Charlie. in Philadelphia? Yeah. Okay, Charlie's mom. Tell me yeah. that does not look just like fucking Tyria Moore. That would have been the perfect person. I can't. Now that he said that, I can't fucking unsee it. And I was like, they should have definitely. We should like to someone. Oh my god! But it's Hollywood, and she had to be hot. So whatever, fucking dumb, dumb. I hate no, Ty. Well, she wasn't. Hot I hate that bitch. Snitch ass little bitch. So, anyways. Like I said, she gets her to basically that's all it took for Eileen and Eileen was immediately melted like putty in her hand and was like, I will confess if I have to, you're not going to get in trouble for anything. And basically Ty was like, we'll do it now. 
do it now, get it over with. And she was like, seriously, right now? She's like, yeah, fucking do it, <laughs> get it over with. So it's in just like she had asked immediately. She immediately got off the phone and immediately went down and confessed to everything and made it extremely clear to everyone that this, you know, that Ty had absolutely nothing to do with it. Don't prosecute her for a damn thing, yada, 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 so on and so forth. Um, it was all me. Um, I did it, but she, she did proceed to tell them in self-defense. Now I have watched the entire, the entire, um, confession. Like I've, I've watched the entire confession tape. It was quite lengthy. Um, and I watched it from start to finish. So I've heard every last bit of it and it, she, she does it. She doesn't go into some detail. Um, but she does proceed to tell, say the whole time it's self-defense it was self-defense and the tie didn't have but and you know they later use it against her because she tries to go into detail about the self-defense with mallory and her her um her trial and they use it against her they use her first confession they're like well you didn't mention these details and for me it seemed like in that confession that it was fairly sincere she her main concern with the confession was to take all eyes off a of tie like, so she was just, she, she was giving a very general confession. It seemed like just a very general, yes, I did this. Yes, I did this. Yes, I did this. Yes, I did this. Please stop looking at her. She did none of it. You know, just focus on me. And that's kind of what it comes off to is me. So, you know, if I were to put myself in her shoes, I feel like I also wouldn't have, like, I don't know if I would have went into full blown detail either, you know, because my focus probably would have been, it's, it wasn't him. It was me. It was all me. Don't, you know, I'm going to tell you whatever you want to hear. I'm going to tell you exactly what the fuck you want to hear right now because I need you to focus on me. Focus on me. It was me, not him. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, I can totally see that side of it. And I can see her just giving a general, which later got used against her, this poor little baby. Like, literally everything that she says and does gets used against her. And fucking lawyer was a joke. Her lawyer was a joke. Yeah, so we're going to get into that. We, we, we've got, yeah, so she's apprehended for all of this. She, she does, like he says, so she, she goes into the first trial and they, they get her guilty, um, and they give her a death sentence. Um, that's when she, after that, she proceeds to meet this gal named Arlene, um, which of course, why, why wouldn't I fucking not write this down? This is a very, very important fucking dumb bitch in her life. And I don't have. This is one important dumb bitch. <laughs> she, she is a very important dumb bitch. Well, her name is Arlene, um, and she is um, the 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 reborn Christian who um, adopts our Eileen. She adopts Lee while Lee is incarcerated. Um, again, her name is Arlene, um, and she adopts her, becomes her adoptive mother. Um, basically, shows her, you know, get, with God, getting right with God, stuff like that. Um, she also convinces her to fire her attorney for the case that had gotten her the death sentence on the Mallory, the Valerie trial, fire that attorney, hire Steve. Again, I don't have his damn last name, but his name was what? Dr. Legal, Dr. Legal, Dr. Legal. And, um, if, if you guys watched the Nick Broomfield, Nick Broomfield did two documentaries on Eileen Warnos. He was actually the person who had the most access to her. Um, she trusted him the most out of anybody that she ever really came in contact with. Um, she, she, he's actually the one that did her very last interview. Um, and so on and so forth. So she really had a connection with Nick Broomfield and he did two documentaries. One was called the, um, selling of a serial killer. And the other one, the second one was called the life and death of a serial killer. Um, so yeah, she, 
the, shit. What was I talking about? <laughs> Lost my train of thought once again. But what was I, guys? Help. Now I'm trying to read my notes and I'm lost in my fucking notes too, guys. There's so much. Anyway, so yeah, she she ends up with this doctor, Doctor Legal, um, the the gal that um, the 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 gal that adopts her has her hire Doctor Legal. Legal Doctor Legal immediately has her convinces her. They both convince her that she needs to get right with God, and if as long as she gets right with God, she she's good to die, and she can just go on and and. And beyond in the afterlife with God and this, that, and the other. And they basically can convince her to um, file no contest to um, the next three three charges, which basically results in it, it's basically a guilty plea um, without any sort of plea bargain or anything like that. So essentially, it results in three more death sentences, um, which she was pretty upset about. She, I don't think she realized. I don't think she fully understood what she was agreeing to when they were telling her this. Um, so basically, yeah, she proceeds to get sentenced to death again and again and again. Um, she, I think they murdered an innocent woman who had very fucking deep mental issues. Yes. These guys fucking attacked her. And maybe even if there was a couple that didn't, they came at her sideways and triggered something mm -hmm. to where she fucking, it was either her or them. And she picked herself. And and, she made a little profit on the way. I mean, which any of us, I, I believe anybody really would in that situation. I mean, like it's I said, the I same as if you're driving on the interstate and you see a spot in the fast lane and you're wanting to get over. Hey, who cares if you got to cut a car off? They're not fucking. <laughs> well, fuck them. I guess that's one way to look at it. But, but yeah, so I mean, and she. So she proceeds to get all these death sentences. She's she's sentenced to death, six different death charges, um, for six different murders. She, this, like I said, the seventh she wasn't charged for because there's not that there was no body for one. Um, but yeah, so she's sentenced to death. Um, she proceeds to spend like twelve years or something on death row. Um, which for those of you who don't know, death row is like it, it was like. She was alone. Um, she spent all her time in her cell. She stuck to herself. She, um, again, death row can play a lot of fucking tricks on a lot of people's minds. I, it's, it's, or I, I mean, okay, I've done, I've done time and then a lot of my viewers have probably also. Um, and this is, this is definitely something, I mean, it can be hard on anybody regularly, much less, I can't even imagine what it's got to be like mentally on death row. So she, for, for a very long time, she already had these mental, she, she had a lot of psychological issues from stemming back from childhood, all the way back from childhood. So she had all these issues growing up and, and, and then just shit on her entire life. And then she's on death row. So for, she literally really starts to lose it. She does really kind of start to lose it. She believes that people are, you know, like that she was set up. She, she thinks that people are out just a profit off of her story, which there were, there were a yeah, ton of people who she was literally, right. she was used. She was used by a lot of people. She was used by that lawyer. She was used by this woman who wanted to adopt her and be her adoptive mom and help her find God. She was used by Ty. She was used by everybody in her life. Everybody and anybody who could fucking get a piece of Eileen Warnos did. And they yeah. used her. They, they hung her out to fucking dry. Nobody gave a shit about her. Literally nobody ever gave a shit about her. Would they literally... There was, there was, she's got her friend 
Oh God. What was her friend's name? Dawn. Dawn. I was going to say, I've heard her name a million fucking times and I can't think of it. Dawn, her friend Dawn, um, who wrote her religiously every single, she got up at five o'clock every single morning to write Eileen every single day while she was in prison all the way up until she was even her the last person who spent time with her before her death. Um, so Dawn, her friend from childhood and, and this Nick Broomfield guide, I truly believe that he cared about her. I think he genuinely gave a shit about her because he did. He tried. He tried to expose everybody, anybody and everybody he could expose in her case. He desperately tried. He was harassing people and calling people and, and people were like locking their doors, public doors to public buildings, like government buildings and stuff. They were like locking doors because they didn't want to deal with him because he was harassing people, trying to get to the bottom of this to, for her because nobody nobody tried for her. Nobody fucking tried for her. Everybody sat there and just talked about how crazy she was and how much of a monster she was and how she took these men in cold blood. Maybe it wasn't cold blood. What if it wasn't cold blood? What if it, I mean, I, I, you know, have been in some sketchy situations where I've bought some sketchy shit in some sketchy areas and even sitting in my car doing some sketchy shit, I felt sketch. I felt scared. There have been some times where I've been in positions where I was like, maybe I shouldn't be buying this bag of bud in this area because this is kind of really sketch and I'm so scared I'm going to get robbed right now. You know, like even being in that situation is a scary situation. So I can't even imagine what it must be like for these girls every single day when they go there. That is scary shit. And, and she, she did have to do what she had to do to save her fucking life. And, and it's fucked up that legit, if this went down the way she says it went down, which I believe it is, this yeah, woman, 100. she was sent to death for defending herself, defending herself. And and, and again, we're going to go into further detail on a different episode where I have more time to spend with you guys. Um, this is why I keep saying we're gonna, there's so much, there's so much I'm not covering. There's so much we're not talking about. There's I want to do like a, a multiple part series on Eileen because she's one of my favorite. I hold her dear, near and dear, very near and dear to me. She was cool. She just wanted to party, get fucked up, and get her pussy ate. Man, that's <laughs> juggalo as fuck. Oh my god! But legit, she and and nobody ever cared. Nobody ever gave a shit. So she towards the end, the very end, like and, and there's the system. There's there's automatic appeals. Um, so she's sentenced to death in six different cases and there's several, there's automatic appeal after automatic appeal after it. And, and it's a very long and drawn out process. She could have sat on death row forever. She, she could have died of natural causes like fucking Richard Ramirez did on death row. So, you know, it, it was hard telling and she got to a point where she just finally got tired of everybody shitting on her. Everybody using her, everybody profiting off her. She couldn't trust anybody. She got very paranoid, very, very sketched out towards the end. She just wanted it to fucking end. And like her attorneys were, these appeals were just left and right and left and right. And she just wanted it all. She was like, you're wasting taxpayers' dollars. I'm ready to go. She was ready to go at this point because she had just been through so she much. She was all worn shit. out like at the end. You could just talk through her was interviews and stuff. Like she was done. Yeah. And could you imagine being, she was still so low. She was 34. I'm 33. Yeah. She's a year older than me. I couldn't imagine a year from now being in the mental state that she was, that she was just ready yeah. to fucking die. She was ready. And so here's where a lot of people try to say she confessed. She confessed and said that it was all just a lie and that it was all made up and that she did it in cold blood. She killed these men in cold blood. Oh, and she, she is just a monster. She's just a monster. And, and, and this is what really upsets me is when people paint her as a monster after this. Yeah. During the Nick Broomfield, <clears throat> the second one, the the one where he does her interview, her last interview interview before she is sentenced to, or before she her execution takes place. Um, 
she's having um, like a, a a meeting, like a, a visitation beforehand through glass with him. And, and it's all being recorded, of course. So she's having this visitation through glass and they're discussing, you know, how the, this last interview is going to go. And at a certain point, Eileen believes that the recording has been turned off. She believes that there's no recording. You can't, the cameras can't see her. So she can't spy saying there's like a brick wall. So they can't see the cameras or anything, but the cameras are still rolling. And you can hear Eileen. She's like whispering. You can barely even hear what she's saying, but she's whispering so that no one else can hear her. Only Nick, her and Nick are now having a private conversation through glass. She believes. And then he's like, was it self-defense? Was it self-defense? And you can hear her say, yes, it was self-defense, but I can't. Can't, I can't say anything about that because if I agree that it is self-defense, it's gonna, they're gonna start appealing this process again and they're gonna try to keep this case open. And I just am ready to die. This is the only way I can get sent to, to my execution. This is it. This is there's this is the only way that it's gonna happen. Is that if I she she fired her legal staff, she um got rid of all of her appeals and just wanted to proceed with the process of her execution because she was done. And, and like I said, this is the only way she was able to do that. And like, even in her last interview, she fucks up and like, she starts admitting that it was self-defense and she's angry. She starts reacting and you can see the anger. And this is where you get all those bulgy eye photos of her and stuff like that, where they kind of really portray her as crazy, which I mean, she was, or she had definitely had screws loose, but you know, they try to paint her as a monster again. And these are where you get those monster photos from, but it was, it's her. She's, she's upset. She's angry. She's literally dying. She's going to die tomorrow. And it's all because nobody fucking wanted to listen to her. Right. Nobody wanted to fucking believe her. And she was so upset. And I just have a hard time believing that that was fucking fake. I have a hard time believing like I believe like her confession and, and the, the last interview and the way she, her, her how, how she reacts to once she realizes she's telling on herself, once she realizes, Oh shit, I'm admitting to self-defense here. Oh shit. Oh shit. I'm, I'm possibly gonna destroy my execution tomorrow. I might fuck this up. She, she actually lashes out at everybody else. And she's like, fuck you and fuck you. You know what I mean? Like she realizes and she's like, cuts the interview. She's like, I'm done. This is done. This is, the, this is it. Cause she knows if she talks any further, she's going to, jeopardize her opportunity to go meet her death because she's done and it just breaks my fucking heart for her that nobody cared nobody believed her nobody nobody listened to her and she felt so alone that she was ready to die she was ready to die and that's exactly what she did so anyways that is and so we proceed to her execution which took place on october what was it like october i think it was october 9th um wasn't that when she was born 2000 no she was born february 29th yeah. i think it was october 9th of october 9th of 2002 yep at 9 47 a.m she was pronounced dead um due to lethal injection which just okay and, and her last words her final words were yes i would like to just say that i'm sailing with the rock I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus, June 6th, like the movie. Big mothership and all. I'll be back. I'll be back. And I will say none of that made any fucking sense. I don't know what she means by any of it. But I will say it's a hell of a statement because I am super confused. Do you know what that means? No? How about you, Chelsea? I don't even think the wrestler, the rock, and aliens. I don't know. I know. Yeah, yeah. But she doesn't mention even in another one she mentioned. She's probably on overload at that point. Like she had just been through all this tragedy. Yeah. Her whole life was tragedy. 
she went fucking nuts towards the end of it because she had to like keep straight like do i tell the truth or do i keep like lying that it was self-defense so i can fucking die like exactly she her brain was on overload it's depressing it kills me it just breaks my heart to know a cup of coffee before she was (laughs) legally a couple of just a cup of black coffee yeah um, I, you know, and this is another thing. I know that it says some people say that she declined her last meal, um, which could have been up to anything twenty of the, of the value of twenty dollars. Um, some people say she declined, and then another. Um, I've also heard that she ha- definitely had KFC, a bucket of KFC, the night before with Dawn. Um, so I'm not really sure. Again, there's so much different information out there. So if ever my information is a little off, feel free not to, or feel free to, to let me know. Um, and feel free to just don't say shit. Yeah. Feel free to not say shit to me. No, I'm just kidding. Feel free to correct me. Cause I definitely would like to have all the right information, of course. Um, so anyways, that's, um, that's Eileen. Um, that's the, the short rundown because again, I'm trying to, we're, an hour and almost 40 minutes. So we're doing good on time, guys. We're doing good. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about this. I'm sad that I had to rush it on my, 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 my girl. But again, we are going to definitely go into She's further. a whole month. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. We, I think we're just going to do just a, yeah, a steady you month. You can no, talk about like victims. I could do that. Maybe we'll do that for like February since that's when my birthday is. And, and her birthday. And her birthday. <gasps> Bam. Is next year a leap year? What if it's actually no, her birthday? No. Let me there's, see. Hold on, guys. Three years, I think. My grandpa's a leap year baby, too. Okay. Well, bless his little leap year baby heart. It's not a leap year next year. Uh, I'm sad. Anyways, maybe we'll do that, though, because she's very special to me. I just love her, guys. I just, if she was around right now, I would be her friend. I would be her friend. I and I would hug I would hug her. I'm a hugger for sure. I hug all my friends. Like a lot of you guys, even if we don't know each other, I'm like, hi, you're going to know me now. I'm going to hug you. <laughs> I like uh, even just don't put your COVID face in mine right now. Cause shit's weird, but, <laughs> but yeah, so I think I would hug her. I think I would love her. I think she just needed a little extra attention, which she didn't get. So Anyways, very heartbreaking situation for me. I also, I do want to say, I don't think she's really a fucking serial. I mean, it, they say it's, an, and she even mentions this in, in interviews with Nick Broomfield, is that she says it's, 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 they called it a number. She calls it the principle. So for her, she was killing based on the principle. And these guys are calling her a serial killer based on a number. So what do we, like, what about, like, Gangsters and thugs, like those thug ass guys who like right. go around and shoot people, multiple right. people over drugs and shit. Are they serial killers or are they just thugs? Or what about what about the mob guys, like fucking mobsters? Or or you know, you kill me. The mob guys. Like, are they fucking serial killers or are they just like the mafia? Um, what about hitmen? What about hitmen? Are hitmen fucking serial killers? Or are they just like hired hitmen? So like what fucking really classifies you as a serial killer? I don't get it. I don't get it. She was, I understand that she was killing. But she she wasn't even like, she's not like killing like Richard Ramirez was. Or she wasn't like killing like Ted Bundy was. Or like John Wayne Gacy. She was, she was, this was self-defense killing. Self-defense. And they were doing this to do it. Like she's definitely not a serial killer. 
Right. So that's just, that was another weird one for me that I did. I'm glad that I remembered to mention. What do you guys think about that whole aspect of it? Do you guys think she's a serial killer or do you guys think that she's more or less, you know, just a killer? Um, just like out there. And, and even if it is just for robbing, it's still, she, I don't see she, I, didn't, I wouldn't say she's a serial killer. <laughs> like, I don't think she's, I don't think she's got like the warped fucking mind of a maniac killer. So I don't know. I don't know guys. Anyways. Um, so that is that let's, um, kind of, I guess, look into wrapping this up. I'm going to give the floor here to my home girl, Chess at Chelsea's. SFX. I'm sorry, guys. It's been a long day. You got this, Mama. So you tell everybody about you for a moment. Um. Well, I'm Chelsea FX. I do special effects makeup. I've been doing it for like five, six years now, on and off. Um, I just took a serious hiatus, but I'm back. I have been back since like September, I did a pretty gnarly like burn makeup and I was like, I'm just going to get fucking right yeah. back into it. So, so glad I was going to do like a halfway to Halloween, um, like countdown thing. But I decided that like the end of October for me is always super, super busy. So I was like, I can't commit to that. So I'm going to give you guys some like pretty dope, like solid Halloween makeups towards the later half of October. And then in December, I'm going to do my 25 days of Christmas countdown and do like some gnarly like Christmas stuff. Oh, do a bloody Grinch, please. Do it. He said do it. A bloody Grinch, please. I did a, like a normal Grinch last year, but I could do like a fucking demented one this year. Though. Yeah, like he's like eating flesh, like blood all over, like a zombie. Yeah. A zombie Grinch. Oh, I think the Grinch should just ate the fucking who's. Or like, the fuck your hoo hash and all that shit. That would be sick. Like, like I can do like a Cindy Lou, like been eaten. Yeah, <laughs> you know we'd love yeah. that. But go to my yeah, go to my Chelsea Facts page. Um, Facebook is where I use the most. So I'm Chelsea Facts on Facebook. I do have an Instagram. I use that too. And those are my two like main platforms for the makeup. And just like tell me like pop on a post and be like, Hey, this is what I want to see for the Christmas makeup. Because like, I honestly get my inspiration, my ideas from you guys. Like you tell me what you want to see and I fucking just do it. Like, I'm like, all right, I'll do that. I think so. you do an AXE thing that I suggested one time. You like, I was like, do this. And you fucking, you, I suggested, I was like, you should draw it like this. And then like 10 minutes later, it's fucking like art was right there. I was like, that's what I fucking said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, um, I paint too. I don't really like publicize it, but I paint. I like to paint in my spare time. So if you want a painting, you can hit me up for that too. Although yeah. I'm really slacking on that. I'm like behind on two commissions. She owes me one too. So yeah. I'm so behind. I get one before you guys. But <laughs> yeah, definitely guys. Definitely check her out on Facebook. Um, her, her, her name is just like how it's going scrolling across here. Also, I will do a post. Um, where you guys oh you will have you know her links or whatnot to get you guys to find her and link up with her on Facebook. Um but yeah, like she says, she posts some phenomenal special effects um uh, makeup. I've just yeah, legit some of the best I've ever seen. I used um her um her Linda Blair. Um oh, yeah, the exorcist. Yeah, that was yeah. fun. That was real pea soup on my fucking face. Oh bro. my god, that image yeah. is 
fucking phenomenal. Like I, I scoured your images for a, a couple different times. And when I kept showing him photos and I was like, man, I just kept coming back to that one. And then, like I said, I told you to pick a few of your favorites and you happened to send that one. So I was like, well, it's a no brainer. That's yeah, definitely, definitely. No on the flyer. That photo of Linda Blair is actually Chelsea here. And that's um, some of her special effects makeup. Um, so hats off to her. She's phenomenal at what she does, guys. So if you guys are, you love seeing that sort of stuff, definitely follow her. Follow her on Facebook. Um, give her lots of likes because she's a badass. Um, anyways, yeah. So I guess that pretty much concludes this episode, episode two. Thank you, thank you, thank you guys so much for being here. I'm so happy. I can't wait to see all the numbers when I get off here. Um, you guys are amazing. Um, anything you guys share, any guy you guys like, all the promote. You guys, I've got so go many guys out there promoting. News. Go to Juggalo News. Yeah, make Juggalo sure you guys news. are liking this page, Juggalo News. Um, we're on all social medias right now. Um, so I did. I was able to get everything going. So we are on. Hi, my little babies here. Do you want to come say hi? No, you don't want to. Come here. Big old weenie butt. Come here. Come here. I'm um, turning your Wi-Fi off. No, it's okay. Don't put her on the spot. Anyways, my little, our She's little, so pretty. our little twelve-year-old. Her name's Brody. She's a sweet little baby. She's also a little Pisces, um, just like Eileen Warnos and Richard Ramirez were. And she made me the proudest <laughs> stepdad the other night when she asked me if she could become a serial, the first child serial killer. Yeah. And yeah. I was already ready to take her to the Lowe's and Home Depot to pick out her weapon. So choice. anyways, um, but yeah, um, we are on Facebook. Just search the casual scream. Um, give us a like, give us a follow. Um, and then you can also find us on Instagram. We are the period casual period scream. Um, there may be a period after that or not. I don't remember. It's, hey, um, if you're not sticking around for just the web show, remember to go to Juggalo News if you're up to date. Definitely. Definitely. We're working hard on, um, you know, getting you guys lots of fun stuff. We, we try to keep you guys updated on anything we see, stuff we like. Um, so, yeah, that you're seeing a lot of posts here lately where there's a gang of us who are all working really hard for Juggalo News to give you guys all information and stuff that you guys may like to follow. Um, but yeah, and then we are also on Spotify. So if you guys have a chance, could you please, um, if you guys are on Spotify, Instagram, obviously you're on Facebook, please give us likes, follows. That stuff is huge for us. Um, we can see it all and, and show a coworker that you hate. <laughs> it definitely, it, it makes my day. It's, it's, been overwhelming the support and love from you guys i can't believe it you guys are fucking amazing and when she's in a good mood she buys me stuff guys i so. do buy him lots of stuff guys <laughs> i also buy myself a lot of stuff so she thanks for making me really happy because i guess we're shopping Eight more views and shares coming <laughs> i'm like oh i'm super sad i'm gonna go buy everything on amazon Bitch, i'll buy everything no matter what happy sad <laughs> and then again the best is when she angry shops. She says, "Ah, oh, fucking." I think shopping's it. good for any mood, really. It's it's great for everything. I mean, who doesn't like to shop? Who doesn't like new things? Anyways, guys, thank you. I love you guys. So next week we are gonna obviously be back next Sunday at nine o'clock at fucking nine o'clock on the dot. Um, and again, I have a post, I have a post on Facebook. If you guys wouldn't mind hopping over to that post and, um, commenting your movie pick, I'm going to add them all up and we're going to kind of go from there and just kind of focus on a movie and just general talks for the next episode and see how that goes by itself. Um, 
again, this is very new to us, so we're all kind of testing the waters together. So I do appreciate we'll you better. guys and all your love and support. You guys are fucking awesome. Um, Chelsea, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you. It was definitely a pleasure. Squeeze Steve's butt for me. <laughs> oh, what a big baby. Those are the best butt squeezes. What a baby. <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, super awesome. And again, we'll have you again in the future too, for sure. Um, but we are going to go ahead and sign it off here, guys. Um, I hope everyone has a wonderful evening. I hope you guys have a killer fucking week. Um, and then we will definitely catch you all here again next Sunday at 9 PM Eastern daylight time. Thanks again, guys. We love you. Follow us on all our socials and we'll see you next week. Bye. We love you.